be doing for the next five weeks. We're going to be taking these, these gigantic, complicated, theological topics that Christianity speaks into. Major life topics, the human condition, reality, and the universe. And we are going to have the audacity to say that we can teach them in under 30 minutes. How do we know it's under 30 minutes? Because we'll be on the clock. And what that means is if I'm still talking, when that hits zero, you may begin to boo and jeer unmercifully. Okay? So, you know how this goes. There was a word I promised not to mention until it began. Begin. Today, we're talking about God. God in 30 minutes. Now, what I'd like to do is talk about not only who God is, how people think about God, but honestly, I want to get to know him. I want to get to know him personally because people have been talking about God, seeking God, and devising ideas about God not only for century but for millennium, and we are going to do it in 29 minutes and 30 seconds. Here we go. My speed will pick up. All right. In the English language, God is spelled G-O-D. Now, have any of you noticed that if you reverse this, it's D-O-G? All right. This is not God. That's lesson number one. Okay. Now, just in case you might be making a mental leap, these are not God either. Anytime someone comes to you and points to an animal, a reptile, a bird, an amphibian, or any other kind of created thing like that and says, this is God, you can rest assured that that probably is not. That's lesson number two. Okay? Now, in case we get guilty of a little bit of uh, cultural snobbery here this morning, okay, these are not God either. It's easy, isn't it, to mock those who call these gods when all the while we bow down in worship in pursuit of this? And that's lesson number three. Now, Paul says this. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Read the last two lines with me. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Do you get the idea from this that the the implied answer is nobody? The idea is that, that Paul in the New Testament proclaims itself that God is so big, so giant, so beyond understanding that in our feeble human efforts, we will never get God completely. We will never understand him completely. That in all of our understanding and pursuit and knowledge of God, God is so great and so big and so beyond that at most we can hope is to get a cross-section like this. You You know what I mean? And that's lesson number four. And what I'd like to do this morning is talk about how various people have then gone about trying to capture this in understanding who God is. Now, to set up a a, a working metaphor for this morning, there's two basic approaches that people have had throughout history to understanding God, to knowing him, to finding him, and to discovering who he is. 
an Eastern approach and a Western approach. And when I use these terms, Eastern and Western, what I am talking about is people groups that live in the Eastern mindset, in the Eastern part of this world, and those who come from a Western mindset and, and tend to live in the Western parts of this world. Now, Western is us, okay? It's what we're used to. And the Western perception of God has often been about describing God and understanding him through proposition. Do you know what I mean by that, by proposition? Abstract truths, statements, and ideas that describe something about his character. So we might say something like this. God is truth. God is good. God is holy. Do you understand how, as I say those things, they're more ideas than they are something tangible? Are you with me? These are Western approaches to understanding God. And you'll hear all kinds of things. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is this. God is that. Right? These, these ideas that describe him. And the New Testament itself will speak in this way. It'll say things like this from 1 John 4. God is love. Whoever lives, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. 1 Peter 1. God says, be holy because I am holy. Or, or maybe you, you know this one from Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are Western ways of understanding God. But interestingly, it's not how people from Eastern cultures often talk about God. And more interestingly, the Bible is an Eastern book. I mean, think about it. Where did the people of the Bible come from? The Middle East or the Middle West? Right? Now, the Eastern perception of God is all about picture, metaphor, image. It's about getting the concrete and the tangible. So while someone in the West would say something like, God is love, God is truth, someone in the East would be more inclined to say something like, God is shepherd, God is father, God is king. Do you see how one gives an idea while another brings an example or a picture to mind? And this is far more prevalent in the Bible and far more how God chooses to reveal himself when he seeks to show us who he is. Now, before we go on, keep in mind that neither of these approaches are wrong. Both bring valuable insight and God reveals himself in both ways. The problem is when we put all our chips on one side at the expense of the other. Now, I'd like to show you something this morning and just take a minute and read it. Can you make that out? Read it and ask yourself as you go through, how do these images fit together? As you read, you're getting very disparate images of God, aren't you? God calls himself father and at the same time mother. Which is he? 
Samuel declares, God is my rock, my refuge, my savior. And Lamentation says, God is like an enemy. What can become so difficult in understanding and seeking God is taking all of these images and understanding how they all fit together to give a picture. And I think this is fundamentally where people get screwed up. And we do this in all kinds of ways, right? I mean, here, here's one. I think some of us tend to favor the abstract, while others of us tend to favor the concrete. Let's go back to lessons two and three. Remember those? Some of us tend to think of God in this way, as an idea, as a proposition. And God reveals himself that way. But you know what the danger of of understanding and approaching God as an idea is? He becomes nothing more than that. He becomes just an idea. He becomes like the law of the universe, something impersonal out there, kind of like the law of physics or something like that. And he ceases to be personal if left strictly to the abstract. And yet there's others who tend to think more concrete, more picture. But do you know what the danger of just that is? An analogy will only take you so far. Give you an example. Let's go back. If you look right in the middle, Isaiah 33:22 that says, "The Lord is our judge." I've known so many people that instead of taking the entire panoply of what God reveals, tend to fixate on one or two ideas. All right, here's what I want to do. In 5 seconds or less, come up with in your mind how you think of God. One. Two, three, four, five. Okay, someone give me one. Shout it out. Uh, okay, I heard a father. I heard a what? Police? Peace. I heard father. I heard peace. Someone give me another one. Love. Creator. Savior. Now, these are all true representations of God, right? But have you noticed that if you only think of God through that one lens, it can begin to distort who he truly is? Let's go back to judge. I know some of you have come out of church backgrounds where where God is judge. God is the one who is there watching you, judging you, critiquing you, and holding you to account has been the primary image in which God has been conveyed, introduced, and taught to you. Is God a judge? Absolutely. And to reduce God from that would be to miss something very important about his character. But do you start to see the danger if God is only judge? Or if God is primarily judge at the expense of everything else? I mean, think about it. Suddenly, God becomes impartial, but probably without mercy. God becomes just, but is there room for compassion? God becomes big picture, overseeing the entire affair and keeping everything cosmically in balance, but does God cease to be personal? After all, how many of you hang out at the judge's house where you appeared for your last ticket, right? 
Do you see the difficulty of looking at God through one lens? And the real trick is that as God reveals who he is, is how do we keep these and so many other things in tension and balance, giving us the bigger picture of who God really is. And just as an aside, this is why it's so important to go to church and be in your Bible and being studying and talking to other people uh, about God and meeting in groups because each of us out of our personality have a tendency, don't we, to shape God in our image? To shape him according to the things that are important to us? Shape him according to the things that we need in the moment? And to constantly hear the voice of Scripture coming back, giving that bigger picture so that we are not in danger of reducing God to this. Are you with me? I never got a chance to know my grandpa. I heard stories. I know a little bit about him, but I never got a chance to meet him. He died before I was born. I did, however, get a chance to meet my grandma. However, my grandma died while I was still very young. Now, who here had a a grandparent that you knew and were close to die before, let's say, the age of 10? Okay, my bet is somewhat like me. You have a fixed image of what your grandma is like. She was the nice lady who would give you cookies and you would go to her house and it had that that strange smell, but there was something very welcoming and homey about that smell and there was something about her that was warm and tender and had an open heart to you and grandma encapsulated that. But for those of you who got to know your grandparents later in life, Did you notice how your perception of your grandparent or maybe even your parent would shift as you got older and began to see them through other lenses? As a grandchild, I had one idea of who grandma was. But I bet that that image was different than what her husband would describe. Or her co-workers. Or her mother or her former boyfriend when she was 17. All of these would give another angle or another picture into grandma, wouldn't they? And sometimes as we get older, we begin to see this bigger picture, but the same thing is true with God. How do we move from understanding God through one image to approaching all of the ways that people have have revealed who God is through the scriptures and giving us that rounder picture of himself. Not a grandpa. My entire knowledge of grandpa comes from stories. I've seen pictures. I've seen some of those silent home videos, remember, on that reel-to-reel kind of stuff. I've heard grandma tell some stories. I've heard my dad tell some stories. But my entire knowledge of grandpa is based on that. Is anyone there with me? With a parent or grandparent? And have you noticed this with history too? That there's these people, take any famous person from history, 
that, that we can know all these facts about, but it isn't quite the same is really knowing them personally. You might know what battles they won, but what did they like for breakfast, right? You might know when they born, when they were died, who were they married to, and what their accomplishments were. But what did their laugh sound like? What got them excited? What would cause them to give that weird little glint in the eye? And this can be the hardest thing about God for so many people. I've met so many people that, that hungrily seek and search and want and yearn to know who or what God is. And you can read theology and you can get the facts and you can see all this kind of stuff. But there is no substitute, is there, for knowing him personally? And that's the amazing thing about God. Is that he's all this. But he's also a person. And someone who can be known as a person. Someone who wants to know you personally. To have an actual connection with you. To go beyond an idea. An abstract or an image to someone who goes, this is what I sound like. This is how I laugh. This is what I like to do and, 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 and what I want to do with you. God is not something that is just out there. God is someone who yearns to be known personally. And that's what's so important about Jesus. I, I mean, let me just show you a few things that, that the Bible says. Colossians will write, he is the image of the invisible God. Do you want to see what God looks like? Look at Jesus. It'll say things like this. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers and through the prophets in all kinds of ways, right? All kinds of revelations. But now, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. What does God want you to know? Listen to Jesus. It'll say things like, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. What does God act like and do? Look to Jesus. In fact, Jesus will go so far as saying this, when someone looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. You can learn all there is to know about God. All that cultures have said from the beginning of time have discovered, discerned, and have seen revealed. But without Jesus, you don't know him at all. Because Jesus is who God is. Remember that list? It's hard keeping them all in balance, isn't it? How do I understand God as friend and judge, as, as savior and king, as, as shepherd and, and warrior? How do I keep them all in tension and balance? How does that play out? And how do I respond to a being like that? What well, seems to say what the Bible what, what the Bible seems to say is you can look at Jesus. 
You can look at Jesus and you can start to get the picture of who God really is. Which simply begs the question, do you want to know God? Not just stuff about him, but do you want to know him? Then my encouragement to you this morning is look to Jesus. Read what he said. Read what he did. Look to see what his personality and his character is like. And you'll start to see God for who he really is. Make sense? Check that out. I got 10 minutes. You know what you want to do? Um, you know what? Someone asked me this once. I'm going to explain the Trinity to you. All right? Here we go. All right. You ever hear the Trinity? Okay. It is the Christian conception of who God is. In classic formulation, it goes like this. God is three persons, but one God. There are not three gods. There's one God, but all three of those persons are three distinct separate beings. Mind blow, right? Now, no one's going to solve this. No one is going to kind of like write an equation on the board and go, hmm, I see now, right? But what I can do is describe to you why we believe the Trinity to begin with. Now, there's three truths that you need to know here today, okay? First truth, God is one. Say it. God is one. Second truth, Jesus is God. Say it. Jesus is God. Third truth, Jesus is not the Father. Say it. Jesus is not the Father. These three paradoxical truths that God is one, that Jesus is God, and that Jesus is not the Father bleed out of the pages of the Bible. You will see these truths demonstrated everywhere. And holding these three truths in tension, just like we need to hold those images in tension, is where the Trinity is born out of. It's not a word that comes out of the Bible. It's a word that comes to describe these truths that the Bible reveals. So you can see things like this. Jesus claiming to be God and yet praying to his Father. Right? Mind blow. You can see things where Jesus takes on the characteristics of God and says he's one with the Father, but then somewhere else says, God, why have you forsaken me? Mind blow. But do you see how those three truths are everywhere? Sometimes people will challenge this idea of the Trinity. And the real idea behind it is not the word itself. It's the truths that lie underneath. And here's why it's important. Because it reveals something very important about God. God is in community. Have you ever thought about that? God is in community. The very nature of God is not to be solo, independent, and on his own. But God at his core is someone who gives love, who receives love, who enjoys the presence of another. 
And what God does in this, this micro-nucleus community is invites us in. He invites us in to come and be a part of that which existed from the beginning with him. Does it make sense? Six minutes. All right. Band, I'm going to invite you on forward. My prayer this morning, in these 30-minute jumps, is simply this. It's so easy in this world to hear people talk about these big things. Who is God? What is he like? How do we know him? How can we be sure? It's not to teach you everything there is to know. Instead, it's to give you a foundation. It's a platform. It's a base from which to start and set you on a right direction. As you seek him, as he reveals himself to you, as you try to make sense of him and and, in his call on your life. And to give you some of those tools to get closer to him. To go beyond just knowledge to relationship and to start to know what, what it's like to approach him personally. And my prayer is that, that God continues to show himself to you and that you seek him where he, he desires to be found. Guys, why don't we rise and uh, let's pray together today. God, the scriptures declare that you are bigger than anything that we can imagine. But Lord, you've chosen to reveal yourself, to show us a glimpse of who you are, and to invite us into a relationship with you. Lord, we want to thank you for for becoming like one of us so we can understand you better so that we can approach you more so that we can see what you're like and not be reduced to the appearance the prophecy but to see you living and breathing before our eyes Lord Jesus we want to know you God we want to know you more in your name Amen be close close to your side so heaven is real and death is alive I want to hear voices mighty all powerful gracious, compassionate slow to anger, abounding in love the way, the truth, the life. Shepherd, redeemer, rock, fortress, deliverer. Father, Lord, King. It's how you revealed yourself, O Lord. 
But above all names, we say today, Jesus. For you, our God in flesh. As we go on our way today, oh God, may we walk with you. May we seek you and find you as you seek and find us. May we live our days by your side in relationship with you, speaking with you and listening, enjoying your presence, submitting to your lead. All this we pray, all this we ask, and all this we declare in your name. Amen. And may the God who loves you more than you will ever know continue to show himself to you. And may you walk with Jesus, not just today, but every day, as he shows you who God really is. Amen. Guys, you can have a seat. Our mic died here. Do me a favor and uh, would you give a hand to Trent um, just one more time with me today and thank him for coming to worship. Hey, listen, everyone, in just a couple of moments here, ushers are going to come forward uh, before we leave today, and they're going to uh, be receiving the offerings, and uh, they're also going to be receiving the connection cards. Again, um, you know the drill, but I want to invite you, uh, take a moment right now, um, fill one of those cards out, let us know that you worship today, and if you look on the back, you're going to see a, a number of different ways to get connected here at Fellowship of Faith, and if you'd like information on any of those, please just check that. We'll get in touch with you through the week. Likewise, if there's some way that we can be praying for you this week, please jot it on the back, and we'd love to just take that before the throne of God on your behalf and, uh, and be praying alongside with you. All right, hey, listen, this week begins a huge week at Fellowship of Faith. I'd like to introduce you to someone this morning and invite her forward. This is Becky Williams. She is our children's ministry director here at Fellowship of Faith. Let's give her a hand, all right? And she's got a few things to share with you. Well, good morning. I'm so excited about this week. We've um, been planning all year for the week to come, and I see the weather is blessing us with another extremely hot week. But nothing can beat last year's heat. Um, last year, if you remember at this time of year, it was sweltering heats outside. But we made it, right? We all made it. Um, this year's theme is here to serve. And the idea behind it was we were looking for ways to 